You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. You know the deal. This is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. We throw these windows open and we climb through to the other side and explore this incredible mid-century world beyond. And while we're exploring, we're going to be asking ourselves some critical questions, such as... All these people that we're seeing in the world beyond the window in, say, I don't know, 1964. Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making? And why are they making them? And, and arguably the most important question of all, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And then at the end of the show, we climb back through the window to modern times where we look and evaluate, give our final evaluation and ask the final vital question on behalf of all of humanity here in the early 21st century, which is, hey, you guys, this movie that we just watched, uh, this world beyond the window, do we keep watching this thing? Is this a thing that we're going to keep passing down generation to generation of like, look, look at how it was back then. Look at that. Let's celebrate how things were then. I don't know. We're going to find out. That's the whole purpose of the show, you guys. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my panel of international experts at being human in the early 21st century. And actually, you guys, that's not entirely true. Today is a, it's another very special sibling cast episode. So I would like to bring on right now from across the Atlantic Ocean, coming to you and to me here, my sister and yours, Carolyn Narrose. Hey, sis. Hey there. Welcome to the program yet again. We have uh, big makeup apologies that we need to do. We need to give to the people, right? Yeah. I mean, we took a little bit of a break. Um, I got lost in Iceland. We- um, <laughs> Carolyn came had- to visit. We, we got up to some shenanigans, and then three weeks later, we're putting there out another episode. There was a snowstorm. <laughs> That's right, and you got to ride some ponies. They're horses. Uh, I'm sorry, you got to ride some horses. They are Icelandic um, horses. They, I'm like, they are pony-sized people, but mm-hmm. they are horses. They're real According. horses. They're okay, real okay. Horses. Everybody respect, <laughs> please, please. But we're back. We're sorry about that. Shrishma is hosting a lot of family right now. She's super busy. Catherine is doing a lot of traveling and seeing a lot of family as well. So you know, she's uh, she's very busy. Brindis has got all the invoices, of course. She's just balancing that checkbook. You know, <laughs> she can't get it right. Mm-hmm. Keep trying. Keep trying. And so it's just left to me and sis to talk about today's film, 1964's Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas. Wow, I am excited for this. Also, before we get into this, uh, I'm recording at the observatory again, which, as we all know at this point, is next to the airfield. There is some kind of major UN event taking place in Reykjavik right now. And so we're getting a lot of red hot chopper action, if you can hear that back there. So I apologize for the ambience. But actually, it's fairly fitting because we get some red hot chopper action in this movie, don't we? 
Oh, yes, we do. There's a ton of loosey-goosey helicopter rentals in this film that I do not understand, but we're going to get into it. Viva Las Vegas. This is 64, so we're towards the end of our window of time here. Well, and so if we look at the opening of this movie, we get a drive down, I'm guessing it's the old strip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see all of the incredible neon signage that was available to you at the time in, in glorious 35 millimeter Technicolor. And it looks fantastic, you know? Have it's, you been to Vegas? I've driven, I've only driven through it. Um, so no, not, not really. And it was during the daytime too. So that kind of sucked, but you know, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I would like to check it out at some point. It seems real kitschy and weird and uh, I can get into that, but yeah, I mean, know, so we, I never need to go again, personally. <laughs> okay, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So we we follow, uh, we watch as this hot rod, all paint, painted out with flames on the side and pulling a very slick, futuristic-looking race car, pulls up outside the Flamingo Casino and uh, Resorts, and look at the signage on this Flamingo. I mean, this is huge. This is... This is everything. This big pink bubbly flamingo sign. This is this is the era. And it looks great. And he checks himself into the the hotel and he we get a look at him here. This is him entering the the casino floor and let's take a look at this guy here. This is Elvis Presley, the iconic Elvis Presley. Mhm. Uh he he's looking very tan, you know, 64 at this point. He's been in LA for a few years and uh he he looks like it, but he's looking fit. His hair is is massive and perfectly black and pompadoured and styled. Right. It's a good look, you know? And he's got uh, – Elvis was really into James Dean. I think it will come to no surprise to anybody if you watch his performance here, especially this look here where he's got his little windbreaker on and his, his bright red T-shirt and he's sort of mm-hmm. – his hands on his, <laughs> in his belt loops. It's like, yeah, okay. Where's Salminio, you know? But he yeah. – uh, He's a he's a rebel male. Here he is, and he goes and he plays some craps, and he wins big. Now his name is Lucky Lucky Jordan, by the way. I forget if we talked about that, but no, we have not a, talked okay. about that. He's his name is Lucky. He's Lucky, and he's a race car driver, and he's going to take his winnings and use them to buy an engine for his apparently empty race car that he's just uh, pulled up hauling around right right and and where is the casino parking the race car trailer i would wonder uh where's the valet for race cars i'm sort of confused on the whole like how long does this movie cover in a time sense is it a weekend is it a it kind of feels like it right but but is it is, <laughs> is it, it a month, month? <laughs> yeah, i don't right? know i can't no. tell it's um and and obviously he's this he's got connections to the race track as a driver so uh, i don't know yes and so <laughs> there there are a lot of questions here it's a to, very okay. loose plot yes yes the 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 true meaning of Peanut Las Vegas is here's Elvis Presley and look at him singing and dancing. The end. And then we're going to work the story around it as we see. (laughs) Yeah. Here I am in Vegas. And so the rest of it, the ins and outs. And there are surprisingly a lot of ins and outs as I'm watching this the second time this morning and trying to just write down some beats here. But it's it's very sweaty. It's a lot of like we can I can hear the writer straining to move 
these characters from one set piece to another. Yeah. Uh, so so this guy wins his money. He I calls feel like up. They this- were writing it while they were sitting on the set. Uh, I think that is likely. <laughs> and I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Elvis had a hand in that as well. Or, hey, hey, man, what if I just follow her around the pool with a guitar? Sure, Elvis, sounds good. He, t- he wins all this money. He's brought this empty race car. He calls L.A. and his mechanic, Shorty. And this is a real rogues gallery movie of character actors from, from this time. The mechanic, uh, Anne Margaret's dad, you know, it's just like filled with all oh of these, God, yeah. these bit parts, uh, these bit players that it's like, God, I've seen you in like 18 movies. So he calls up Shorty and he's like, Hey, I got the money to buy this, this engine. And he's very, Shorty's very excited about that. But it turns out that the guy who runs the, the, the garage where the engine's at is like, well, this engine's for sale for whoever's got the money. So I can't hold it for you. You, you better get this money. And so the race is on to buy the engine. And meanwhile, Lucky brings his car to the track. Let's take a look at this racing track here. I got to assume this is the airport, right? We're, we're out in the flats. I see this it's big old be. dome out here in a, in an aerial air, air control tower. But it looks very, very mid-century here. This is uh, retrofuturism at its finest as he pulls up just weird domes out in the desert. I am here for it. And he parks his car at the garage and he runs into a fellow that we're going to call the Count, this Italian Count, who is also a race car driver, who's also currently enjoying some meeting your uh, race car competitor smoking. And he is... (laughs) He is smoking throughout the movie. Oh, and as I zoom mm-hmm. in on this picture here, look at this guy. That's because Actually, he yeah. is smoking. But look at this guy using this. Uh, you know, I love these glass, mm-hmm. <laughs> these glass bottle water coolers, and he's using it. Nice to see. I love. You know that I love to watch people drinking their drinks and eating the food that they have <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> it's hydrating. He's yeah, hydrating. Well, yeah. When they're out in the desert, he's smart. This guy. Keep your eye on this guy. <laughs> he, he's actually the sleeper bet in this race. Uh, if he was a, a driver. Anyway, we meet this count and they have a uh, right away. I'm thinking like, oh, OK, so we got a real uh, competition headed between these two, these two stallions going head to head. But they really kind of buddy up. There's not a lot of that type of friction. I mean, it's it's there a little bit as they pursue the woman. But for the most part, they're pretty chill with each other. Uh, they yeah, respect little- one another. Bit more of um, a buddy film. What is what is the one that we watched with the people we didn't know who they were on the Hollywood backlot? <laughs> oh, um, which which one? The um, oh the yeah, I know what you're talking Doris about with, with Doris Day. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Yes, it's a great feeling. So yes. it's, I kind of felt like that was this relationship. Like it's yes. a little bit of tension going on between the two, but honestly, they're like kind of there to give each other a leg up. Uh, yes, and the, and they're both like two hyper alpha males, and I, you know this this sold back in the day. I guess this was. I guess. Well, yeah, here it is. Anyway, they're they're talking, and uh, and the count is showing off his his beautiful racing car, of course, and they go underneath to to take a look at some of the changes he's made, and you know, very very good sports. You know, like you sure I'll show you my my race car that will kick your ass. Come over here, Elvis. Take a look at this thing. But while they're under there. Uh, who should walk in but a pair of legs belonging to a woman, and they roll themselves out from underneath, uh, as does the camera, which is staring straight up at the face of Anne Margaret, who enters this picture. Her name is Rusty, and 
she is a she's a bombshell. And I have to imagine that this particular shot of her looking like the 50 foot woman is servicing some fetish group or another <laughs> of like large women who can d- destroy you. Uh, I have to imagine that this is iconic for those people who enjoy. Oh, that. yeah. Um, a nice pan shot up the legs. Yeah. Yeah. And she is uh, she's a real hottie. She's she's smoking this Anne Margaret. This is our first Anne Margaret movie, actually, but hopefully we're going to see her again. Um, how do you feel about Anne Margaret, Carolyn? Um, I liked her in this film. Um, I have not actually seen her do anything, but I know she was in Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I know her best from Kitten with a Whip, which was done on Mystery Science Theater many years <laughs> ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I... I've, think she's charming and you mm-hmm. know she kind of embodies the dance crazes of the time oh um, does she ever my goodness sexy saucy you know i mean she seems very empowered so i liked that yeah for sure uh but she uh, rusty her her character she she needs help with her car why she didn't go to a goddamn like actual garage where they fix cars she goes to the racetrack to get her car looked at because it's making a, a whistling sound. And then they do some kind of uh, minor con job where it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's really broken. You're going to have to hang out with us for the next, I don't know, two weeks or something like that. And uh, she's about to fall for that. But the count fixes it when uh, Lucky has his back turned. And he's like, well, I didn't, we didn't even get her name. How are we supposed to find her again? And thus begins our, our vacation in downtown Las Vegas where we oh, visit yeah. – all of the casinos and watch all of the different showgirls looking for Anne Margaret. So we go through all of them and we see throughout this montage, we see a lot of feathers. We see a lot of Asian women. We see a lot of eyes wide shut masks. It's Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's quite a scene. Any takeaways from this? Obviously the Las Vegas showgirl is it's a whole vibe. It's a whole uh, vibe, right? When I was a dancer, I had plenty of people like, you should go to Vegas. You'd do great. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Is that a compliment? Yeah, because I'm kind of like, I'm a classically trained dancer. Like, really? Right, right. Okay, thanks. How many semesters did you spend on large feather circle dancing, by the way? Um, Zero semesters. Oh, okay. Okay. Zero semesters on. That's too bad. um, I thought thought you were a professional dancer. I thought you were classically trained. Um, (laughs) Are you you supposed to know how to swing your feathers around? Jesus. I I know how to swing my feathers around. Believe me. I'd be fine. (laughs) Take your word for it. All right. Um, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's like every one of these casinos has the review show and, you know, they got to bring in the crowds and showgirls are the way to do it. Yeah, sure. Who who doesn't love a show and who doesn't love girls, right? Right. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. So these two end up, they're having a very difficult time. I mean, they're, they're taking in a lot of shows and they're really splashing out for some great tables at these shows as well. This is a very expensive evening out. Again, I'm checking receipts in this movie and none of them make sense. Now, right now, Elvis is loaded because he has all of his craps tables uh, winnings, which is enough to buy a right. very large race car engine and also float a big night at like 12 casinos in Las Vegas. But they're hanging out and they're wondering, where is uh, where is this dame, you know? 
And they hear her voice suddenly coming through their window. They look outside and they discover that she is giving diving lessons to some children outside. Uh, and so we get a, a nice shot of that, of, of her demonstrating out at the Flamingo Hotel pool. All of this shot on location. I mean, we're, we're getting Max Flamingo. They, they shot the Flamingo from every angle, you get the feeling. That they did. Yeah. And so we catch up with, he runs out, so he grabs a guitar, Elvis, and he runs outside to go seduce her, as a musician will do. And she is not terribly, she's playing hard to get. Uh, and actually, not even that. She's not into it. She, is she into it? What do you think? I, I don't think she's into it initially. I don't necessarily think she's playing hard to get, but she's probably just like, been there, done that. You're visiting. Yeah, you seem nice. I'm going to indulge you this serenade while I'm changing clothes. That's what happens. Uh, so <laughs> here she is looking great. Uh, and she changes into some yellow and they walk around the pool and he serenades her with a guitar. And I just wanted to check out the flamingo pool real quick here because they have these textured uh, pool umbrellas back here. Actually, this one is damaged. They should have that looked at. But mm -hmm. I've never seen a, a pool umbrella that actually has multiple dimensions to it. But that's what we're looking at here. Pink and white. Everybody sunning themselves. I mean, vacation hasn't changed very much in 75 years, has it? Uh, uh, no. Or however long ago this was. 50 years. 55. And anyway, they sing their way up to the diving board and she pushes him in. Look at this pool area. Look at this diving board with these big pink swooping stuff. God, I just love it. Maybe I need to go to Vegas. Maybe this is what's been missing from my life. It's a vibe. It's, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Apparently I'm into it. Anyway, so when he's pushed into the pool, this becomes a plot point because he loses his fat wad of cash. It falls out of his pocket and a kid discovers it at the bottom of the pool and then immediately throws it into the pool filter and it vanishes. So he has no more money, no more riches to spend on his multiple casino showgirl nights. Hey, everybody, just wanted to break up the flow here to put some shine on our Patreon page. That's right, folks. Maybe you didn't even know that this existed, but now you do. You can go to patreon.com, search for Old Movie Time Machine, and you're going to find a place that we like to call the Boom Room. Now, what does the Boom Room give to you that this free show right here does not give to you? Well, it gives you more. It gives you actually almost twice as much content at the Boom Room compared to what you get here in the free feed. So if you love all the bits, if you love Carolyn and Catherine, Brindis and Shrishma, and if you put up with me, then you're definitely going to want to fork over two bucks a month to get the super deluxe uncut edition of every episode here on Old Movie Time Machine. So go check it out. Patreon.com. It's the Boom Room. Old Movie Time Machine. Love it. Live it. Never leave it. And if you do, or don't rather, I'm going to thank you like I will right now. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Anyway, then they go on some dates together and we get skeet shooting. A, a skeet shooting day. Oh, she's so cute with her little skeet rifle there. And it's a it's a big day out these guys have. Uh, again, how much time is passing? I guess we should check the outfits. So she's she's wearing this like patchwork number here. I don't then, think we can tell by the outfits. I was like, did these all happen on one day? 
Well, this is what I'm thinking. Okay, this is a different outfit when they go race mopeds out on the tarmac at the airport. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, air traffic. I mean, if we're racing cars out here and, and motorcycles and she's dancing on top of her fucking Vespa, like, uh, I guess just not open on Tuesdays, the, the I, Las Vegas airport. Yeah. Maybe it's there was less air traffic in and out of Las Vegas. At yeah, the time. right. People were, it was very. Very loose rules about air traffic because then they go, uh, the next date is a helicopter ride over Hoover fucking dam. And at the, this is where, again, I start checking the receipts. I'm, I'm doing my own mental calculations. Okay. So we're, we're going to the skeet range. We're renting these motorcycles to race. Uh, then we're, we're getting a helicopter. Now we find out the chopper is because Elvis knew the guy at the airfield who runs it, and he's fine just lending him this very expensive uh, and dangerous uh, fuel-inefficient machine. Just, yeah, oh, you can take it out. Go for it. Take your little date out there. Come back whenever. I don't care. Yeah. Or don't come back at all. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and we see this helicopter again. I don't know. Helicopters are fucking expensive, people. Look up a, a helicopter tour. Check out those prices. Uh, but this guy, he's got all access to all helicopters, Fuel costs be damned, I guess. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. This is kind of how we figure out that her dad is a tour guide. Yes, um, we meet dad like here. He he worked on the Hoover Dam, which is why she she does a major info dump on Hoover Dam trivia. And we're thinking like, this is out of character for the pool manager. But it's mm -hmm. because her father was working on it when it was being built. And then they stayed out there. And now her... Primary motive is to win enough money through this talent show that she can buy him his own boat. But they, he operates a sightseeing boat. They, I think they, they're living on this boat. I can't tell if they're I, living in a boat or a house. It looks like they're living on a boat. But it's the size of a mansion. <laughs> I amazing. know. So I also was like, is he living on a pirate ship? Right. It's like, just a, one of those houses that is made to look like a boat, which I feel like we've seen elsewhere. Right. Because so I also had the exact same thought. I was like, um, I'm just going to assume it's like a houseboat of some kind or a house yacht. I don't know. I think there are more boat, there's more boat ephemera than there would be in just a normal boat loving house. I'm going to assume it's a boat. I think we should right. agree, agree on that. So uh, then they, <laughs> Lucky sings some more, they go out. And uh, I did want to point out the representation watch here. We finally see mm -hmm. uh, some African-American gentlemen here wearing uh, four of them wearing matching green uh, dinner jackets. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Doing some harmony at this club that they're at. And Elvis, of course, I mean, you can't go into a club with music without taking over. So he performs the Ray Charles classic, What I Say. And it is pretty rocking. I mean, it's not going to be as good as... A Ray Charles, what I'd say, or an Etta James, what I say, or a Beatles, what I'd say. But this is it's it's uh it's adequate. It's a great song, and Elvis yeah. is a great performer. So yeah, I'll allow it. Uh, haven't gotten the scissors out yet. I don't think. I mean, probably we could have cut some of these, but I mean, this is a pretty mm -hmm. thin movie. So anyway, this is what I say though leads to like a major freakout with all of these casino. Club patrons, I mean, it's like they're on all of the drugs, the way they're dancing together. I mean, it it, it looks maniacal. <laughs> so, uh, But this is the uh, the awesome power of rock and roll, people. This is why we do it. So, Now, Anne-Margaret uh, has a chat with the Count later in which he tells her about another driver who is like of Lucky's caliber. You know, Lucky is, 
he could be the best in the business. He's as good as this other guy who, oh, by the way, he he rolled over, you know, he, he rolled his vehicle and died in a crash or something like that. So she's now very worried that her new boyfriend is going to die doing the thing that he loves. Now, she brings up her reservations to Lucky, who is like, but this is what I do. I, I'm a race car man. You know, like I, I, I toy with death all the time. This is who I am, and you need to accept that. She doesn't want to accept it, though, so she storms back into her houseboat with Dad. And again, I look at this. Uh, I just love all the nautical framed portraits of other boats that they're hanging inside this this mm-hmm. larger boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that shit. So, yes, I would live in this houseboat. No problem. This boat also has a fucking sunken kitchen. This is incredible. This whole area here, this like, uh, it doesn't make any sense that we've got this like pool ladder that takes you down to the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a big old boat, we still have this massive uh, wooden china display piece that we see in houses traditionally from this That's era. That's why... I'm right there with you. I'm like, is this a boat? Is it a house? Yeah, how I big don't is this know. fucking Is it thing? like a real, like, yeah, is it a themed house? I don't know. So it doesn't, it hasn't made its mind up yet as to what type of space it wants to be. But I'm here for the disaster that it is because not only do we have this sort of like grandma's uh, plate display thing and sunken kitchen, we've also got like some violins hanging up on the wall back here and a full... Uh, upright piano <laughs> like what is going on i need you to unify your design aesthetic movie or houseboat or what or house whatever you are figure it out uh anyway the point is i love this sunken boat kitchen <laughs> the end so here we get into the real talent show drama where it, and I was paying attention. I watched this a couple of times. I was paying attention to like, when does the talent show come up? And it just appears out of it just appears blue. out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I didn't lose my mind. No, because um, I was also like talent show. Like, again, why I'm like, okay, so from? he has to not have enough money to pay his bills so he can dance and sing in the talent show for the employees. So he's working there, as you say, nice plot device to have him be eligible to enter the contest. She is, of course, outraged because she wants that money for the boat, for her daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Count is just sort of sitting back and watching it all happen. Now, he, the Count tries to pay off Lucky and Shorty's debt so they don't have to work like a bunch of chumps and they can be race car drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elvis hates this, of course. And he's like, oh, but do my own thing. Do it my own way, man. Come on. But then we go to this talent show finally, and we see it, and we open with some incredible plate spinning. You know, again, it's mid-century. These were the kicks were hard to find, but if you found them, they typically involved spinning dishes, I guess. And this is look at all these people. Look at this grand space they're doing this. These spinning plates on a stick, for fuck's sake. This is entertainment. What am I paying for here? It's real talent. Yeah. It's real talent. But Anne Margaret comes on and she does her uh, kind of Beyonce Sir, dance. Oh, yeah. I want to say one thing about this particular number. Oh, okay. Great. With this whole like striptease thing with the mink and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a pet peeve of mine when dance numbers start out in high heels and then at some point the choreography changes or they cut away and then like mm-hmm. you expect me to just accept that she's in flats and or that I'm not going to notice and I'm going to fucking notice. 
Okay, so that that happened here, huh? Because I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't paying attention to that. Either choreograph something that can be do, done entirely in heels, or don't fucking put it in, but don't change out the shoes. Also, don't have unrealistic shoes for things like <laughs> Dallas Bryce Howard, whatever the fucker name is, and in, in Jurassic Park running around in the jungle uh, and fucking yeah, heels yeah, the entire yeah, time. Yeah. That was outrageous. That was never, ridiculous. Never let Colin Trevorrow live that down. No. Just awful. I think in the rest of the ones she's been in, she's in flat shoes because everyone was like, what are you doing? Okay. Yes. No, I, yeah, I think that is correct. I think they, they took that note finally. Now in this shot we're seeing here, this is towards the end of her routine where she is yes. half naked and she is back in the heels. So I assume that she was prancing in flats earlier in the Yeah, there was bit. some moment, like it wasn't the entire number. It was like, but I'm like, you, I, I'm going to notice. I'm going to notice when you mm-hmm. put her in ballet flats mm-hmm. for whatever moment of the choreography is inappropriate for heels. See, and th- this is the equivalent of as a, a musician, you're always watching the the players in the background of these movies of like, ah, mm, he's not playing the right chords there, you know, or oh, that's, that was a bad take there. I'll redo that. But nobody else would care if it's in, if they're oh. playing in D or G. Yeah, so she uh, she gets great reviews from the crowd. The crowd prefers a half-naked Anne Margaret to plate spinning, it turns out. Go figure. And then Elvis comes on and he does his bit. And we get the title track, Peanut Las Vegas. And he busts it out. He's doing his crazy dance and the music is taking him over. This is an up-tempo song. It's a little corny, but it still kind of hauls ass. And I did want to take a look at how many buttons he's got popped in this big old red shirt of his. At least three buttons, right? All the buttons. We're seeing like chest One, here. two, three. I mean, I four buttons maybe. Yeah, we are seeing down to like... Bottom of rib cage, almost uh, of Elvis Elvis chest. So he is he he knows what to do to to win the talent show, or does he? Because it turns out that they tie, and so the host is like, "Well, there's only one way to settle a tie," and they flip a coin, and the coin lands uh, for in Elvis's favor. And again, guys, we're. I don't know how this happened. This is where the details are very fuzzy in this movie. And one questions whether or not they came to set with a completed script. But They did not. Uh, everybody's under the impression that we're going to win a bunch of money here. Enough to buy either boats or race car engines. And and pay uh, uh, Las Vegas resort fees. Back, back pay. Uh, but it turns out that Anne-Margaret as runner-up wins a pool table. <laughs> Thanks, no thanks. Which you do see later back on the houseboat. So again, what kind of structure is this? Where is this? I do love that they like made a point to bring that back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you were wondering about the pool table? No, they found a place for it on the boat. Don't worry about it, folks. And Lucky Elvis, his big winnings. Everybody's waiting. Even Shorty's out in the wings, and he's like, you know, and the money, the money. They give him a big trophy. He's like, where's the money? And they hand him an envelope, a thick envelope, and it turns out that it's just a two-week honeymoon. <laughs> so where did these people get the idea that they're winning a cash prize is what I would ask you. Where'd this come I from? I don't know. But now with uh, no money to buy race car engines, uh, Lucky goes back to the racetrack and he tells the count, look, uh, you beat me. So I'll, I'll work for you and I'll, I'll work on your car and you can have the lady and... That's just how how things roll for old Lucky Jackson these days. But just right before he's about to start working on the car, what should show up but 
said engine. And again, it's a lot of bizarre engine transactions here. Everybody's like, where did this come from? And and, the, and a character literally says like, ah, you're asking too many questions. And then they just move on with the movie. Um, but right. it, it is a, a miraculous arrival of a four-hour drive of this engine again. And so at this point, I'm guessing – so Shorty has driven to Las Vegas, has waited tables for a while, driven back to L.A., bought the engine with some phantom money, and then driven back to Las Vegas. A lot of driving. A lot of miles for poor Shorty. But he makes decisions, and this is what he's decided. Anyway, while they are working to dump the engine into the racing car – Rusty is outraged, of course, that she is again being shuffled off to the side in favor of her rival, this car. And so she does a song and dance number on the houseboat where she she makes some rage sandwiches. She's in this sunken kitchen building ham and cheese sandwiches with ketchup, sketchy, on some toasted bread. And she's just filled with rage as she's slamming these things together, singing about how she is uh, rivaled by this race car. He's horny for the race car and not her. Um, those sandwiches she does end up bringing to the garage. I'm going to guess that somebody at that garage, a lot of people there was eating those sandwiches at some point. So I'm going to assume that these were consumed, uh, as they were made anyway, then as she, she brings the sandwiches to the garage. Oh my God, this movie's almost over, Carolyn. I'm so sorry. It is almost over. I know. Uh, but there's a lot Burning of through it. Uh, plug farce as she's unplugging things they need to build the car so she can heat the coffee to feed them. And she's doing nice things and they're a bunch of dicks to her. It's the classic dynamic we've seen in all these movies. And it's all kind of annoying and just delays the inevitable, which we know is the race. Okay, we got through the talent show. No money. Let's get to the race car. Let's let's do it. And they... They take the long way around. The car starts and then it stops and then it starts again. And they finally get into the race. And the race is actually kind of gripping, I think. It's filled with a lot of aerial footage. Again, it's heavy helicopter action in this movie. So we're getting a lot of aerial shots of these uh, beautiful mid-century racing cars going through the uh, the Nevada desert. And I thought this was a very interesting part. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does the count die in, an, in a crash and well, we'll never see him again I, in this race I think scene. that's – I have the exact same note. Okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> so I was like um, – I mean, David and I are both like, what? What? Well, we yeah, no. We so, don't even acknowledge it. So Lucky kind of – he catches up and he, he pulls even with the count and they kind of go back and forth passing each other and then – the Count's a rear driver's side wheel kind of like flies into pieces. And yes, he rolls several times, which would kill him. And then also uh-huh. the cars behind them run into him and mm-hmm. he and the car explodes. He's dead, yeah. right? He is fucking dead. And Elvis right. kind of just looks back over his shoulder like, oh, too bad, too bad, man. And then he keeps oh, driving. But also we're watching all these other cars also flipping and exploding too. So like there were multiple. There's a lot of people who died in this Oh race. my God, to, to win this vague. I mean, I hope it's worth it, guys. I hope. Uh, yeah, but and there's, yeah, nobody is mourned. <laughs> these people just die. They on the don't desert. acknowledge it. I'm like, <laughs> They're just wow. excited that Elvis is in a car in Las Vegas and- yeah, my note here is just probably dead, period. <laughs> so many crashes. 
And meanwhile, they're being this helicopter that's following them is filled with Shorty and Rusty and Rusty's dad. And they are all very well equipped to handle a helicopter. And they all have the cash on hand to rent this helicopter and again, mm-hmm. burn through this fuel. Now, presumably, this is the same guy. You know, Shorty is probably another army buddy. And so he has the same sweetheart deal of like, yeah, come have this helicopter whenever you need it. Uh, even mm-hmm. during this busy, uh, you know, touristy time and the big race and everything. Yeah, don't just take the chopper out. It's fine. So they're following overhead. And it turns out, surprise, surprise, that Elvis wins the car race. And it turns out that Rusty's dad bought the engine with what money? I have no fucking idea because he didn't have enough to buy the houseboat. But apparently the houseboat is the same price as the engine. It doesn't make any sense, Carolyn. I don't get it. But what does make sense is that uh, he wins a race and that means that they can be in love. And they get married in traditional race car fashion with checkered flags and that's the end of 1964's Peanut Las Vegas. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so, final thoughts, Carolyn. Now that we've gone through this movie, boy, that did not take very long. Um, let's 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 do the business. Carolyn yeah. Narrows, mm-hmm. 1964's Elvis Presley's and Margaret's Viva Las Vegas. Do we keep watching this thing? No. No, you don't think so? No. <laughs> okay, tell me about it. What do you not like about it? Um, I feel like there is going to be another Las Vegas movie that I would rather watch. Oh, you think so? Okay. I think this is a great benchmark that we need to keep an eye on because I, I'm also going to say it's a no for me, but I'm reluctant because I do love the Vegas footage. I think it looks yeah. great. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm like, it's, it's a no, but it's kind of like, I think, oh, I'm really on the fence with this one because I love the Vegas footage. I love Anne Margaret as the, the, you know, the female foil. Mm -hmm. Love Elvis. You know, I'm so, so on race cars. They look nice. I don't know. I'm going to assume, I will follow your lead. I'm going to assume that there's a better, one, Vegas picture, and two, there's a better Elvis picture out there maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been making movies for a few years at this point. He made a lot of them too. So maybe Clambake is better. <laughs> or right. Jailhouse Rock or, you know, Love Me Tenders. Maybe that's, okay, I'm with you. Well, let's say it's a no. It's a reluctant no though because I'm into parts of this, I got to say. Maybe this is a mind mind changer later down the line. But for right now, let's assume that we're going to see better Vegas and better Elvis. And that will have us covered. I think that sums up Peanut Las Vegas pretty well. So Peanut Las Vegas. All right. See, now now you're getting into it. Now you're not going to hear it any other way. (laughs) If if this show has done one thing, it should always make you think of Peanuts when you hear Viva Las Vegas. That's all we can ask for. So shit, there it is, Carolyn. We did it. Viva Las Vegas. Uh, Let's talk about next week, shall we? Now, this also ends... Boy, we didn't talk about it at all. This few weeks off has really taken us out of our our game here. But this is the conclusion for what was supposed to be uh, April's... The Favorals of April's or whatever Shushma called it. The uh, That's entertainment. That's showbiz. That's what it was. That's That's showbiz. showbiz. Mm -hmm. So we've seen this showbiz now. And we've seen burlesque. And we've seen movies and all this shit and we've seen Elvis singing and dancing in Vegas so 
I don't think we've kept any of them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think <laughs> these are all stinkers. So. Yeah. Look, this we're, we're in the home stretch for the season, though. We've only got a few episodes left. And like I told you last time, we're going to give you all classics as we close it out for our anniversary month here and get to big number 50. So let's look at where we're going next, shall we? Let's stick on this. Since we're, we're coming to the end of the season, and we talk a lot about them, and we've been watching these rock and roll movies. We've watched a couple in a row now. Why don't we take it to the ultimate and go to the very end of our window of time and go to 1965? And let's watch a little movie that I like to call Help. Okay. Okay. So the summary here is Ringo Starr finds himself the human sacrifice target of a cult and his fellow members of the Beatles must try to protect him from it. Directed by Richard Lester, starring my faves, The Beatles. This is their second feature-length film. It is in color. It's not made in the U.S. It's made in the U.K., of course. But, I mean, th this is the true bellwether of changing times because they are very shaggy and they are very stoned in this movie. So I'm excited to watch it. Uh, it's been a little while for me. I don't think it's very good, but it'll be fun to see. And it'll be fun to see, like, this glimpse of the future after this this mid-century life we've been living here for so many episodes. So that's it. Next week, help get caught up with that. You can find it. And Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us on the program okay. today. My pleasure. Well done. And now I will throw it to myself, of course, in the future. Take it away, dude. Well done, siblings from the past. You did it. You made it through Peanut Las Vegas. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know what you thought of the movie itself. Write to us at partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. We would love to hear from you. As for next week, as discussed, we will be moving into 1965's The Beatles' Help. This is available for you to watch, by the way. Uh, you can go to, it looks like Apple TV is the spot for you to check out The Beatles' Help. So please go do that. Get caught up on your homework. Uh, it's a terrible movie, but enjoy those songs. They are timeless and lovely, uh, as are you, listener. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to my sis for joining me before. And until next time, please never forget that this has been Old Movie Time Machine. Time Machine.